You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, you guys, we're not scratching an itch this week. We are satisfying an urge. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see The Urge, St. Louis's own I mean, royalty, pretty much. Uh, if they're semi-annual, mostly annual holiday show that they do around this time every year, almost. And <laughs> as well as a few other shows. And though that's kind of the main event. We saw some cool stuff, and uh, as usual, it was in rapid succession, so we're putting these all together for you to hear in one big bunch. Yeah, <laughs> so before we can talk about playing that motherfucking urge shit, we're going to talk about <laughs> some other concerts first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why don't you guys lead us off? Who, who? Tell me the who, what, and where and when of the other show that you guys saw recently. Our first show of the roundup that we're going to talk about today is the 15th of November. We got a chance to go see Jigsaw Youth, Giovanni and the Hired Guns, and Blackstone Cherry at Del Mar Hall. And one thing I wanted to say right off the bat is that I like the fact that Del Mar Hall lets you in early. They have like doors time, but like they'll let you in and you can like go to the bar or you can go outside and, you know, sit in the heated patio with watch TVs, whatever. I like that fact because... I don't know. I just don't like standing in a line. That drives me nuts. <laughs> like, Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, they say doors at seven, but it's the, the doors into the venue, but then there's the bar lobby area and they usually open those around six, six thirty, and then you can go to the patio or whatever. So it is, it is nice. All right. Yeah. So Jigsaw Youth opened up. It featured, uh, two front ladies and a drummer, uh, the, they were really like, and I don't know how to phrase it. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this band originally was three ladies, but the drummer got replaced by a guy somewhere down the line. <laughs> so, and honestly, like, if you didn't know it was a guy, you, you wouldn't have been able to tell because I, you, you couldn't see his face the entire concert. Like his hair was in his face the entire <laughs> show. Like maybe it, that was deliberate. Yeah. He shro- yeah. He shrouded himself the entire show with his hair. And it it wasn't just that. He also had a, a fan blowing. And so I, I got video of just of this for this purpose of just his hair constantly blowing in his face the entire time. Uh, so he, he'd be playing and hair would be in his face going sideways. A good thing he had muscle memory on where those drums were because yeah. he sure as shit couldn't see. That's for sure. <laughs> his that hair was, was in his was eyes thinking. all night. This man's playing blindfolded out here. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're really entertaining. I think I, I think that they will continue to get better as they continue to play. Yeah. They have a new track called Sit On It. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know it. what that means, but I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> they played it, yeah. All right. <laughs> they were really entertaining, and you could tell that they were really happy to be there, which uh, we, we couldn't say that about all the bands that we've seen at Delmar Hall recently. Very true. <laughs> but uh, but they, they were very uh, thrilled that the crowd was there early, which the, the crowd for that show was pretty massive, if I, if I do say so. Yeah, it was almost a sold-out Delmar Hall show. Yeah. And they showed up early. Like you said, you know, and and the band was very gracious for it. They just they, they kept saying, like, we can't believe this many people are here. And, and you guys are actually like reacting to our music. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were they were a little taken back. They killed it. They played their set. They got off stage. Giovanni came up and, you know, did his thing. Uh, it was kind of the same set list that we saw earlier in the year. Um, it was. I think he added one new track. Yes. And that was about it. Yeah, they did great. I love seeing them play live. They're, they're going to always bring out the tuba. And I mean, the one thing I will say about this, and I wanted to kind of get your take on it too, because the one thing I enjoyed about this time much more than last is that Jared was on this. And right. and I'm telling you, the chemistry between Jared and Carlos is just undeniable. They, they are such great guitarists and they feed off each other. Yeah. And you had more insight on this, seeing them multiple times on, on Shiprocked and getting to hang out with them and kind of build a connection with them. Uh, but when I, when I saw them for the first time, Jarrett couldn't be there. 
Um, so they had a replacement, but, and, and he filled in pretty well. I mean, I, I couldn't tell that drastic of a, of a difference from, you know, the album versus playing live. So in that regard, it was awesome. But I agree with you. The, the chemistry that Jarrett brings to the table, uh, is on another level for that band. So. Well, in the segues, I noticed that too, like the segues in between songs is much smoother with Jared there because like Carlos will be tuning his uh, guitar, getting ready for the next song. And Jared's like already in it. Like he's already in tune. He's already started that next song and it, it's it's already starting to kind of fade and build into it. And I, I just, I, I really appreciated that seeing them this time around. It was just like, I don't know. They just have much better chemistry with Jared. And I'm not, I'm not taking anything away. I think, you know, they did a right. great job with the placement. I don't want to take anything away from that guy. Yeah. by any means um but it's just you know you could tell that jared and carlos have been in a band for a long time together right yeah and geo was definitely you could tell that geo's had a lot of, of milestones happen this year and he's just kind of thankful for for everything that's happened as he rises up the ranks because he, he was just having a lot of fun with the crowd and and doing what geo does yeah the one thing I will say is that he didn't come hang out. So, Gio, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed, man. We're, uh, I did get to at least get my shirt. Like cause the first time we saw him, I got a shirt. And I got it signed by Carlos and Gio, um, and that was it. And so, like this time around, I did meet Trejo and I did meet Milton, the drummer. I got them to sign my shirt. I could not find Jared. Um, I was really hoping to to run into him, and I did not. Because he, yeah. from what I understand, he used to follow our show. I don't know if he still does. Pretty sure he still does. Yeah. So I, I was really hoping to run into him, talk to him a little bit. But yeah, they, I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, they were in a hurry to get to the next place or, or whatever it might be. I don't know. But uh, they did not, uh, th- you know, other than Trejo at the merch booth, Milton was kind of out and about. But the rest of the band was, uh, I'm sorry, Trejo and Carlos were at the merch booth. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like Geo was really nowhere to be found. Jared was nowhere to be found. So I was I was a little surprised by that because the first time like Geo hung out all night, basically wait until the crowd was completely gone. Yeah, but I, maybe that's the difference between their headlining show and, and their supporting act show. I don't know. I th- I think that played a part of it um, a little bit. And also, I mean, not that um, Del Mar Hall is a, a bad venue for, for hanging out at the merch booth, but it's, it's a little bit different layout than a lot of other places. Well, I also think that the green room for Del Mar Hall must be super sweet too, because <laughs> people don't really come out from back there. Like I'm thinking yeah. that like, it's a really cool place to hang out. If I had to guess, <laughs> I think, I think you're right. And then Blackstone Cherry came out and killed it. Now, the one thing I will say that I remember specifically about this show is uh, there was a point at this show and at the following concert where I decided that I, I had to get some of those like noise headphones, uh, noise reduction kind of headphones, because yeah. Blackstone Cherry was loud. <laughs> they were so loud that like at one point I just I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, I can't hear anything. Like it's just, it's just noise. Like, yeah, like I'm pretty sure it's uh, me getting old. Um, because they sounded great. It's definitely not Blackstone Cherry. It was me getting old and all the sounds running together in my head. Because uh, my ears were ringing for like three days after that concert. Yeah, dude, I the last the Urge show, yeah. I had my earplugs in for most of it, and my ears were still ringing for the next day. <laughs> So, you know, that one uh, earplug brand out there that I'm not going to name because (laughs) I don't know that to them yet. Uh, (laughs) You guys, let's be in touch. We could do something here. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. Because the brand that that you're hearing everywhere nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, I got to We got to do something because it did happen to me at the urge too. like there was one of the songs that there was playing, like everything just started sounding like a mass just noise in my head and i'm just like i i I can't i can't do this like i can't take this (laughs) so yeah like it was funny because at the urge show like i started googling like the the headphones that you're dropping clues about yeah yeah and hannah's (laughs) hannah's like yeah those are gonna be in our those are gonna be in our stockings for christmas i'm like oh hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a great stocking stuffer holy cow i think i might no, I'm not putting that on my list. I want I want to hook up with with those guys. But yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't happen, 
I'm getting myself some somewhere. Santa, you better you better be getting me some some stuff yeah. stocking stuff. Check our ears, Santa. <laughs> we need you. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, Black Sun Cherry kills it every time, and I they're the perfect band for me as far as what I enjoy listening to, and every member of that band musically is just so good. Um, even though, even though Hannah doesn't really enjoy it, which I, I feel bad when we, when we drag her to Blackstone Cherry shows, cause she, she doesn't seem to enjoy it all that much, but, uh, I do. <laughs> you know, what's funny is she actually out of all the Southern rock style bands that she enjoys Blackstone Cherry more than any of them, yeah. uh, because a lot of their songs are kind of poppy, like, you know, especially from the, uh, devil in the deep blue sea album. Yeah, you know, one of the things I absolutely love about Blackstone Cherry is, for one, they're all fantastic musicians, and you will get to see them display that every time you see it, see them live. And the other thing is, like, Chris is such an amazing singer live. I I truly think he's one of those singers that sounds better live than on recording. Yeah. Like, he's just got an amazing voice. That's impressive. Yeah. Fun bonus itch trivia. We were in discussions to set up an interview with Blackstone Cherry for <laughs> literally about two months before their most recent album came out, and we just could not lock the timing down to make it happen. So major kudos to their guy, and we're still hoping to make it happen at some point. Yeah, I agree, especially before they uh, hop on Shiprocked, and um, I would love to be able to talk to them. I know that they're Shiprock veterans as well. So it would just be a fun conversation to understand what they're uh, looking forward to on this particular cruise as well. Yeah. Uh, we were talking on one of our previous episodes about, you know, a drummer that should join forces with Kenny Wayne Shepard and Joe Bonamassa. And I definitely think John Young would be a, a good one as well. Cause watching that dude do a drum solo is just something else. He, he's crazy up there. Yeah, he's a monster on those drums. He's <laughs> like, and especially with the hair flying everywhere and his yeah. arms going everywhere. Like, it's it's a sight to see. It is, and I, I always love that they have they have a tech like a drum tech guy that like is on standby to make sure that like if something's getting ready to fall that he props it he props it back up and then he and then he comes out and plays bongos on a on a couple songs. <laughs> and I'm not positive but that drum tech guy looks a lot like john too <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it, it, like it, it could be his dad or his brother or something it like might that. be it might be i'm not sure they look severely related like they've got the same <laughs> kind of curly hair facial structure yeah i'm thinking they're related personally yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure he's related to uh one of the members of the kentucky headhunters so that might be him i'm not sure i don't know that much but yeah, between between him going crazy on the drums and Ben on guitar, just headbanging constantly while jumping ridiculously high up on stage. That dude's <laughs> got so much energy. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. So yeah, if you get a chance to see Blackstone Cherry, you should definitely do so. Agreed. <laughs> In the meantime, about the time you guys were seeing that show, I hesitantly isn't the word. But I, I made the last minute decision to go see a, a show. A band called Soul Blind has been on my radar for a while. I saw them a while back in Chicago opening for Teenage Wrist with them in Soft Cult. And they put out an album about a year ago called Feel It All Around. And it's a really good album. Just these nasty, grungy, heavy riffs for days. And I wanted to see them in a little bit higher profile situation. So they were coming through town to a venue called the Beat Kitchen in Chicago that I haven't been to in years. I was kind of like, I want to go back there. I want to see that venue. I want to see them. They're opening for a band I'd never heard of before called Webbed Wing, which is weird to me. I feel like I probably would have heard a band that these guys were on the road with. But here we are. <laughs> but by the time the day came, I wasn't necessarily feeling it all that much. Just like the combination of doing it solo. It was a late show. It was cold. It was like the end of a week. I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. So I actually went to the venue and sat outside of it while one of the opening bands played for like 20 minutes debating if I actually wanted to go in or not. I've never I don't think I've ever done that before where I was like <laughs> there and still hadn't officially decided if I was going to go to the show, even though I was already at the show. 
<laughs> but yeah, I can't say I've done that at a show. That's for sure. I was just in a weird headspace that night. It happens. But Soulblind took the stage and I could hear like the opening riff of their first song start playing. And I was still chilling out there, like literally chilling because it was pretty cold. I was like, you know what? The show is affordable and it's happening right now. And I'm here. And even though if I'm pretty tired, I don't know how long I want to stand around in, inside of a venue with a bunch of people. I'm going to hit it up. So I went in, heard their set. AC quality work going on in there. Didn't feel uncomfortable at all. Always an important matter, as we have learned in the past. But uh, I got to see Soulblind, and I think they had a little bit longer set than they had on the Teenage Wrist Tour, probably about 45 minutes or so. The best way I would describe this band to anybody that was interested in giving them a, a listen is a modern version of early Silverchair. So, like, if you liked Frog Stomp, remember that, like, yeah. The- Real Sun and those songs back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, you would probably enjoy Soul Blind. The licks are gnarly. The headbanging is all over the place. It's awesome. It's just, it, it's the sonics of it is the word I'm looking for here are fun. The only thing I would say, and I'm putting this as constructive criticism because I do enjoy this band. He, the vocalist does sound sort of like Daniel Johns of Silverchair. But he is not on Daniel John's level at this point anyway. Gotcha. At least at this show, at least at this point. Best case scenario, maybe his in-ears weren't working very well and he wasn't hearing himself very clearly. Worst case scenario, to me, he sounded perpetually a little flat for most of the night. So that that didn't really do much for me. It was not really a problem on the album, in my opinion. But live, it was definitely noticeable, uh, which definitely took away a little from their performance. Still hoping that that's the kind of thing that, you know, most people, especially if you're already a practicing vocalist in a band, you can get better with time uh, if you if it's something you're committed to doing. You know, it's funny you say that because that was the one thing I did take away from the Geo concert is that that's actually the first time seeing Geo out of four times that he kept his ear monitors in the entire time and was truly focused on like how he actually sounded. Um Which I, for me was crazy because like, you know, he, he's Geo, he doesn't really... I mean, his voice is very unique. It's not like he's yeah. trying yeah. to hit certain notes, but um, yeah, no, he it, it it was just a step up of, of professionalism from him that I, I wasn't prepared for, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, but, but it also goes to my point it, with bringing that up is that, you know, ear monitors are very important. So there's a possibility that, it, you know, like you said, it was just maybe off or he wasn't hearing himself correctly. Because uh, I know that I've seen several shows where artists are just you know, mess with their ear monitors all all day because they're either uncomfortable or they don't sound right or they're just, you know, a bunch of things. It could be anything. Or they're else. not working. Yeah, or they're not <laughs> right, working. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I give benefit of the doubt because there's definitely any number of technical things that can affect that for vocalists especially. Yeah, well, and it's, it's funny when that wasn't a thing, you know, not too far long ago. And now if they're not working, then people decide that they can't perform, which is weird. another thing that that was pretty cool about this set now unfortunately the vocals come back into play again but you know we've we talked in previous episodes about how lately we've got to see a lot of a lot of bands do covers of bands that we rarely would have the opportunity to see and so you kind of get to hear them vicariously so soulblind played be quiet and drive and I love that song. One of the coolest Deftone songs. And I was super hyped to be able to see. I've never seen Deftones live somehow. <laughs> now, it was great to hear. And they knocked it out of the park on, you know, no musically. Unfortunately, again, I wouldn't say that the singer butchered it. But <laughs> when you're already struggling a little bit, choosing one of the best vocalists of the generation in, in Chino, that's a that's a high bar to clear. And so not too many people would really clear that one. And uh, it didn't really do him any favors. I'm not going to lie, but it was still a fun show. Um, It was a small, it's a small venue. It's like a 275 capacity or something like that, but it fills up pretty quick, I will say. And, and it's, it's fairly tight quarters, but we had, we had some stage divers. It was, it was pretty good stuff. Um, Their guitarist was rocking the, the merch booth after the show he he dude looked like he was in his twenties, but he was but he was wearing an NXS shirt, and I thought that was pretty great. Uh, <laughs> respect for that. And then something very unusual happened. I'm gonna ask you guys if you've ever experienced anything like this before. 
So Soblin went for 45 minutes. Webbed Wing came on as the headliner for the evening. I have don't think I've ever been to a show where the supporting act played a longer set than the headline act. You know, I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, I, I haven't had like a stopwatch and timed it, but I it, I can't <laughs> say that I've witnessed where it felt like any other act went longer than the headliner. Yeah, Web, Web Wing. Yeah, Web Wing went on at 10.15 and they finished up at 10.50. So 35 minutes and people were chanting for an encore. And, and then they didn't. The vocals, <laughs> No, they're chanting, well, you know, one more, one more. And he started, he, he was walking up the stage and he comes back up to the mic and he goes, I don't think we know anymore. I'm sorry. And then just leaves and didn't do an encore, <laughs> which was funny. <laughs> I don't think we know anymore. We don't, it's like, that's all the songs we, we had. We are, exactly. We straight tapped out 1050. We can't make the 11 o'clock mark, guys. Sorry. <laughs> he said, I don't think we know anymore. If only that was falling in reverse as excuse every time. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because it's subversive. Like, you know, now the expectation is that the headline act does an encore. And they were literally like, no, sorry, we can't. And then they didn't. And so, <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's fair, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If only if only they, they did the disclaimer, like, uh, what was it, Dayseeker, when they're like, we don't do encores. Like, we don't do before, encores. Yeah. Be- before they even started playing. <laughs> And then they did do an encore. And then they didn't do an encore. You weren't playing today. You weren't playing. And I have to say, I'm all for the non-encore thing. There's (laughs) nothing that drives me nuts than sitting there for fucking 10 minutes, waiting for them to come back on stage, like for no reason at all. We'll get to that at the end here. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I have theories on that. But Webwing was, they were fun. They had quality vocal harmonies. I couldn't, I was trying so hard to exactly pinpoint like the sound combination I was, I was going for there. Um, the best thing I, I ended up describing is, and I still don't think I've quite pinpointed the, the band that is like, this is what Webwing reminds me of kind of all purpose nineties, like alternative rock. Like there was a little bit of, of Eve six, a little bit of like the toadies, Uh, a little bit of Weezer. There's a lot of songs that sounded loosely like miserable by lit, like, (laughs) like that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it it is a little bit grungy. It's a little poppy. It's definitely, you know, alternative rock. Um, it's just the slightest bit weird, which a lot of nineties alt stuff is, but, and it wasn't like super serious. They were definitely like the front man was very social and kind of joked around a lot. And so, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had there was a fun, there was a fun back and forth this is this is i, I think the last thing I'll, I'll share about these guys but it was a kind of a fun back and forth he's he's in chicago so uh, you know of course he's like you guys know what i'm getting pizza after this and of course also being in chicago somebody goes where <laughs> because that's important apparently yes. <laughs> and, and he goes it doesn't matter <laughs> and then they're like again chicago what toppings <laughs> <laughs> they really wanted to know the details of this man's pizza order. He goes, he goes, I don't do toppings, which I think was deeply offensive to some people in that crowd. <laughs> so he's I like, do toppings. Yeah. He goes, he goes, I don't care. You can beat me up after the show if you want. And then he pauses for a second. He's like, you know what? I can take on any man in this room <laughs> or woman for that matter. <laughs> wow. And then he pauses for a second. Yeah, he paused for a second again. He says, you know, I used to say that at every show that I could knock anyone out with one punch. And then my band told me I really had to stop saying that. <laughs> so he was pretty funny. I, I was I was entertained by him. Yeah, This He's is a like, word of advice for bands. You got to be careful bringing up pizza in any city. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still curious as to where he went, but I don't think he cared. He just wanted some pizza. He just wanted pizza. So pro- he probably went whatever was closest to the venue. Maybe station. they had pizza at the venue. I don't know. Yeah, gas that station. Dude gas just, station. That dude just got himself some pizza. Huh? You know, he got some chain pizza. <laughs> gas station pizza. That boy's like, you yeah. got Papa John's in this city? Some, All some of Casey's Chicago general store of him. Yeah. Pizza. Yep. Man, that if you really wanted to get the crowd to hate you, that'd be like, go to a city like this and be like, who's coming with me to Little Caesars after this? <laughs> 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 they will storm the stage. It'll be a riot. 
<laughs> I'm paying five dollars. <laughs> Thin crust little Caesar. Five dollars. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were they were pretty good. Um, it was it was worth sticking around for. Like again, I had no idea who they were. I went entirely blind to that one. No pun intended to the earlier band, but it was a worthwhile show. I'm glad I went. It was refreshing to see the Beat Kitchen again, and we can add another venue to the list of places that the itch has tagged with stickers. Nice. <laughs> there's there's too many places we've been to that are like just way too nice. Like I don't I don't feel right yeah. tagging Delmar Hall. Um, well, if a place pageant. doesn't, if I don't see stickers anywhere else, I'm right. not going to do it because it's either not something you do or they clean stuff up. Yeah, right. so I'm not going to waste my sticker when you're just going to rip it back down. Like, <laughs> yeah, and in, in a lot of cases for St. Louis, it's because a lot of the concert venues have been recently uh, renovated or built. Yeah, yeah, or the, the although, yeah, I will say that I do try to tag pops every time I'm out there just because it's pops. <laughs> and fuck them! Like, <laughs> I'm just joking. You I hate on the venue that you go to all the time. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm totally joking. No, to be fair. They've only recently gotten better. Like it was a <laughs> terrible venue to go to for years. Yeah. Uh, Fair so enough. they just, you know, finally have ter- turned around. <laughs> Speaking of nice venues that I, I, the one time I went there, I didn't have the guts to tag. Uh, KC saw a show right by you guys' homes. Yeah. <laughs> at the Diamond Music Hall in St. Peter's. Yeah. So not long after. Aaron saw Soulblind. I saw Sam Bam Colton with Faster Pussycat at the Diamond Music Hall. And man, the Diamond Music Hall is an interesting venue. Um, the, the time that we went, there was a lot of reserve tables, but then there was a lot of people that didn't show up. That kind of happened this time because I, I just bought general admission tickets and then tried to walk around and find a seat like we did before. Everything was reserved, so I just kind of walked around and and tried to find a spot. I did run into somebody that I knew. Um, did did you punch them and take their spot? No, I I did not. <laughs> no. I did not. No, I I ran into uh, a friend of my uncle Chris, and we kind of sat across from each other. He was at a table with some friends of his, and then I found a spot along the uh, the bar there. So I found a spot. It was a nice time. There was four bands that played at this show. Or pretty much all of the bands that performed had some sort of a connection to Sam Colton. So this was a, a homecoming for Sam Bam. Further context, we spoke with Sam Bam last year. But he's also the lead guitarist of for Dorothy and also uh, a third band called Butterside. Yes. Sorry, as you were. I wanted further context. He is no, a hometown no, boy. and Yeah, you're good. They were excited to see him there, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. So because, you know, hometown guy, we we saw him at Upheaval. Uh, I got taken out at Upheaval around that time. <laughs> and <laughs> him him being so close and, you know, being less than 10 minutes from my house, I felt like I needed to make an effort to make an appearance at the show. And so I did. There was an opening band. It was a cover band called Rock Mafia. Uh, it was female fronted. There was a female uh, keyboardist that did the backup vocals. And they, they, I don't think they played any originals, but they killed pretty much every song they did. And it was, it was heart. I'm pretty sure they did a Dorothy song in there somewhere. Um, they did some Led Zeppelin songs and they did a, a fantastic job. Um, so one of the themes of the night pretty much is every band that performed, Sam would go on and play the last, at least the last track, uh, or two that the band played. So he was going up on stage constantly. So that was an, an interesting part of the evening. There was another band called of limbo and I'd never, I kind of went in cold at this show. I, I mostly just went to see Sam and see Sam play because Sam is a phenomenal guitarist. But of Limbo, they were good, but the, the lead singer seemed kind of under the weather. And so that kind of uh, dampened the experience 
for my part. So it it just it's he sounded hoarse a lot. So he he powered through, but uh, it was very much a a classic rock oriented show. So Dan, you probably would have enjoyed yourself a little bit. Uh, Aaron, I I don't think you would have uh, enjoyed this show all that much. Not I know faster pussycat's not my thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Even with Sam. Yeah, and I wanted to go, but we had gone to concerts for two or three weekends in a row. Three, and, three weekends in a row, yeah. Yeah, and so I just didn't feel right, like, leaving my kids again. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. No, totally get it. There was a third band there, uh, Jason Charles Miller, and apparently he's had a lot of, a lot of songs appear on uh, films and TV shows. I think he had a, a track that was in True Blood, um, and then I, he mentioned two or three other songs that he's like, you may have heard this song on this show and you may have heard this song on this movie. And it's like, Oh, okay. So I, I kind of knew the guy's songs without really knowing who the guy was, but they were phenomenal. Uh, they had like four guitarists up on stage at one point, especially when Sam joined them. And, uh, so there's just a lot of guitar licks on this show. Um, so in between, I can't remember which set it was, but so Sam Bam is very much a fan of dinosaurs. Yeah. So this was, this was kind of Jurassic Park themed. Uh, and so I'm, I'm sitting at the bar and I'm, I'm watching the show and they, you know, one of the bands is done. They're getting their stuff off stage. And all of a sudden I look to my left and there's this like animatronic dinosaur just walking towards me i was like hmm what is what is going on here (laughs) and so sam sam grabs a guitar and and runs up um past the dinosaur and then he, he starts like posing for pictures with this dinosaur and the dinosaur could open and close its mouth and kind of i don't think it made sounds necessarily but it it pretended like it was roaring and uh so Sam Sam took some pictures uh standing with the dinosaur and had had his guitar and acted like the dinosaur was chomping on the guitar so I got some some interesting shots of of that happening and so I got to chat with Sam briefly in between sets and I just I I didn't want to talk to him a ton because I I knew that for one he had a lot of family in attendance and and a lot of people were coming up to him but uh, when we saw him with Dorothy uh, last year, he he made a point to anytime you see me, don't be shy and come up and say hi. So I did. And uh, so we chatted a little bit. So Faster Pussycat was the last band. So Sam front and center there. And they definitely are the, you know, the classic rock style of the, the late 80s. And um, there was a guy in the crowd that wanted to hear a particular song i believe it was poison ivy and like they we've made reference to this last couple of episodes where you know hecklers from the crowd that want to influence what's being played next probably shouldn't do that because they have a set list and they're probably not going to deviate from it very much so so this this guy very much wanted to hear poison ivy he yelled it after every song and then like third to last track they they ended up playing it and he he got so excited he was sitting down at one of the tables on the uh the the dance stage and uh so he got up ran front and center started dancing to the song and then like after the song was over he like pretended to faint and like fell over (laughs) and he's like and he's like, they never play it. They never play it. They finally played it. I've seen them so many times. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a, a humorous exchange. Um, they killed it up there. So they they have their audience and they were having a good time. So it was awesome to see Sam. And uh, so one one other thing about the show that I wanted to to make mention before I wrap it up here. Uh, there was a there was a guy that had a little bit too much to drink, and so he's he's coming off stage, and there's this little there's this little step from the stage to the floor, 
and the guy the guy stumbled and and took a wrong step and and landed like hit me square in the chest like just like he was trying to tackle me almost and i i didn't fall over i propped him up and and like if if you didn't know better you would have thought that he was trying to like start a fight with me uh <laughs> based on what happened but i just i i stood him up and i, I was like are you okay and he's like yeah i'm sorry I, I i had a misstep there and my uncle's my uncle's friend ron saw this whole thing go down and he's like was that guy trying to fight you <laughs> like <laughs> Like no, he just he just had a really bad misstep, and it it looked worse than it was. But so so be careful on the the step going onto the stage for uh, the Diamond Music Hall. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Yes. But uh, I got a chance to chat with Sam again as the show was wrapping up, and he made a point to say that our interview was one of he, the way he said it he's like i don't want to say funner or or most fun but it but it was it's one of my favorite ones that i've done so i i always get a kick out of when an artist says that especially a, a hometown hero of ours so uh anytime sam wants to, to come on the show i told him you know you got something to hype up i, I said i know you're a busy guy with three bands and all <laughs> right <laughs> but uh he he made note that that we should try to chat around shiprock time, whether it's before or after. So uh, always a good time to, uh, to connect with a guy that, that we are friends with. Cool dude. That's Sam. Yeah. And an easy segue into our, into our last yeah. one. Speaking of people that from... we want to connect with. Yeah. And hometown <laughs> and... heroes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, but I'd say heroes, but hometown favorites. Yeah. I call yeah, them yeah. something like that. Yeah. I mean, the earth, like I said, top of the show the urge is st louis rock royalty they have been around since the 90s they haven't put out an album for a decade and it was even more it was another decade or so before that in their previous one and they don't really do shows except for once or twice a year and yet sold entirely out packed most packed i have actually ever seen the pageant yeah i agree with that and yeah and and i've been going off and on to the pageant for over 20 years to see shows. So this was a fun one. Yeah. And we got to see again, Dan and myself, tree one, four more St. Louis homies. <laughs> tree one, four is a band that the guys saw and greatly enjoyed uh, a year ago. Back in somewhere. May. Back in May. Yeah. In May. In May. Okay, man. It's been more recent than that. This is my first time getting to see them. And now I understand, but we'll get back to that later. <laughs> yes. Again, for context, The Urge does these shows. They call them, the point does, it's called Ho Ho Shows. It isn't exclusively Christmas because I think this was technically under that banner. Yeah. Thanksgiving show, if I remember. When they they first started doing the Ho Ho Shows, it was specifically around Christmas, but now they've expanded it so much for the holidays that it's pretty much a holiday show. Yeah. So this is a holiday tradition, The Urge playing. Tree 1 4 opened, as well as another Missouri. I don't remember for sure if they were St. Louis but at least in-state band called Wise Mary. Yes. Well, Wise Mary... They should, they should be opening for Dirty Honey, not... Yes. Not yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. was, was going to say, Wise Mary, I don't know quite fit the the vibe of a, a Tree One Four or The Urge. I, I would have much rather seen like a, the discrepancies uh, take that slot. But For yeah. context, if you're not familiar, The Urge's sound is kind of a, a ska, reggae rock and three one four is it's in a similar vein yeah so yeah but the wise mary you know it's funny because like their names reminded me of seven mary three and i you know that's kind of how they sound a little bit like not you know as grungy but they definitely have that like blues kind of grunge sound yeah um and i thought that they were i thought they had really good chemistry and the singer continued to sound better as the show went on. Um, I, the one thing I will say that he, he, he had mannerisms that just drove me nuts and it's my own personal thing, <laughs> but like he's, you know, he's got long hair and, you know, obviously moving around his hair is going to get in his face and he just kept, you know, doing the, the pulling it back. The swipe. Thing. Yeah. 
no, like not even swipe. He would pull it back, and then it would still like as soon as he's done pulling it back, it would just fall right into his face anyway. And it's just like, uh, why? Why are you doing that? Yeah, You're the just, futile hair hair swipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so that, I don't know for whatever reason that was driving me nuts, and I have no idea why. Like I said, it's a me issue. Um, but <laughs> he had it was just he had yeah, that, just that like sleazy that. slinky like seventies yes. eighties rock movements. I get that. Yeah, not my yeah. thing either. Yeah, but you know. I don't think it's anything against him personally. It was just my own thing. I was just like, he just way he moved in his certain mannerisms that like, cause like he kept like going down to his knee to look down at the crowd. It's, it was one of those things. Like I kept feeling like he's like, Oh, you're such a good boy. You're yeah. such a good boy down there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt like his mannerisms on stage were like he was going down to pet a dog. Like, I yeah. don't know. It was just, it was just really weird. <laughs> Never heard a description like that before. That's, it's, that's something else. It's, it's funny you mentioned that, but it, but it, um, one thing that they had going for him is I believe there was five members of this band. So there was a lot of people up on stage, uh, playing instruments and, and stuff that kind of drew your attention. <laughs> Well, and, you know, not only that, but, like, I kind of felt bad for them, too, because the singer moved around a lot. And, like, all the other members kind of had, like, watch where he was just to make sure they didn't hit him with their instrument. Because I'm pretty sure the bass has hit him once. At (laughs) least once. I'm sure he got clocked with the head of that bass. (laughs) So the the pageant stage is not small, but what it was on this night was entirely full of crap from the other two bands. So these guys, as the opener... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> had a pretty limited amount of space to work with. The whole band was pretty much lined up in a row. Yeah. And the singer was moving in whatever space. Like the drummer was practically, like, he was off, on the deep corner of the, that stage. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the singer was moving around in what space was available pretty much. Yes. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you could tell he would have liked some more. Yeah, they made it work. They they made an impression. And then, you know, Tree One Four came out. And it was funny going into this concert, having met the drummer of Three One Four at at a couple of different concerts, actually. Um, and, you know, talking to them about, you know, talking them up to Hannah and Aaron, I, I was almost worried that we had talked them up too much. Uh, <laughs> because I was, like, I was like, man, if we go and like Aaron and Hannah think that they're not that great, like we're going to have some explaining to do. i'm gonna give you uh, yeah i don't think you have any explaining to do i think uh (laughs) you're you're they were better than i expected like i expected okay i don't want this to sound derogatory i expected a good local band if that makes sense yes what what hasn't alfonso taught you anything a good underground band under Yeah, yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> what I got was just a good band, period. They did not feel like somebody who was just slumming it around St. Louis, trying to, you know, figure out who they were. Like, this, right. this, the, it was, the sound was this, like, I don't even call it, like, progressive reggae rock, maybe? Because some mm-hmm. of the stuff was kind of long and, and a little trippy at some points. But, yeah, main observation I have, uh, I have a few more, but um, there wasn't any weak link in the band. Four band members, and they were all aces. Yes, they so they have one guitarist, which I which is very unique for most bands nowadays. A lot of, a lot of bands have at least two guitarists, uh, some sometimes more <laughs> in in certain cases. But uh, so you have the one guitarist who plays a voice wah, and he does a fantastic job at that. He doesn't use it very often, but but he kills it when he uses it. He's uh, their the lead ba- guitarist too. Well, yeah, yeah, he's the he's the only guitarist, or yeah. other than the ba- other than the bassist. Uh, the bassist kills it every time, uh, <laughs> and and then you have you have Tim uh, playing drums, killing killing those drums as he always does, and then you have a percussionist slash keyboardist slash slide whistle player, and uh, who looks he, like the DJ from Zoolander? Yes. Yes, <laughs> he does, and he does a great job. Uh, oh there. man! Also, background vocals uh, for that guy. So he's he is all over the place. Yeah, I was gonna say Bongo actually did probably most of the talking out of anybody in the band. Like he did. It was weird. Yeah, he that dude was busy. But man, <laughs> I mean, the bassist had a frog brigade a frog brigade shirt on, so there's continuity yeah. for us from a previous episode. And that boy yes. was out there. He was out there doing i love you man slap at the bass so good 
Yeah, uh, it was just it was something else. I tried to the way I described it. Um, if you're if you're interested, here's my little personal band blender. Uh, start with Sublime, add some early Incubus, and mm-hmm. then uh, check your head era Beastie Boys. So that's funk rock. With that, that album had a ton of those that percussion, those bongos, that kind of stuff. It had a lot of those vibes to me. Okay. And they also have a little like kind of a comedy aspect to them as well, because like yeah. their their last song, which yes. was new to us, <laughs> was all about Bush beer. And it was pretty damn hilarious. <laughs> yes, I I got a kick out of, of hearing the Bush beer song because it 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 was on point. They, they were <laughs> funny. There's so there's a song they did earlier in the set. You guys might know the title. I didn't. Uh, and he it starts with just a solo vocal and it's this really pretty vocal he's just he's just like singing singing his heart out and you start but then you listen to the lyrics and he's singing about smoking weed and eating chinese food yeah that was a new one that was another new one too it was so pretty but it was like oh (laughs) this that's what it's about okay (laughs) yeah it was it was i love the juxtaposition of that of that song yeah it's cracking me up yeah, they they are they are funny and very talented. So I was I was thrilled to uh, be able to see them again for one, but on a on a bigger stage uh, with a bigger bigger crowd for two. And the, and crowd, the crowd responded them. to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, that's. I was really happy for them because they they got the you know spotlight they deserved. We talked about them when we saw them the first time around, and just were blown away. And it's like like you said, you don't think like somebody like that can be a, a, an underground local band around here just because they're just, they're just way better than you would expect an underground local band to be. Yeah. I, the, I, I, I would easily um, put those guys on a tour with, you know, anybody in the ilk of kind of what the bands were just talking about. Like I could totally see them doing like a set at red rocks opening for three eleven or something like that. Yeah. And fitting in just fine. Well, and like, that, a, like a head PE or something like that. They'd still there's yeah. they're still very versatile and can fit in wherever. Yeah, I, I was yeah. just getting ready to getting ready to say you know kind of like the oxymorons where they can kind of they kind of can fit in and play certain sets, um, whatever style band that they're playing with. I feel like Tree One Four could pull that off. Agreed. So then we were on to the main event. It was urge time, and. I haven't seen this band in a long time and I'm and I I've never seen them in a small venue like this and so this was this was exciting cuz you could just feel the energy in the air it was sold out everybody was packed in there but it was it wasn't like a you know an unfriendly packed in there you know what I mean like we were still no. kind of we still had shoulder space and and I, you know I wasn't getting pushed around uh the people down in the pit uh, that was another story and I felt bad for them watching yeah. them <laughs> crammed in there like sardines but yeah that is a young man's game. <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> yes. Steve has tons of energy still to this day. And uh, the whole band does, uh, to be honest. <laughs> they, they, yes. you, you have both brass players, uh, one, one on saxophone, one on trombone, and they dance around and go around in circles and switch spots and go to the left side, go to the right side. Uh, they, they're just running around. Like that's like literally if they're not <laughs> playing their instruments, they're running on stage. Yes. Like, they're the most active band I've ever seen. Like <laughs> that's you, you just think that there'd be like treadmills everywhere or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, it's like one of those uh, moving walkways, you know? <laughs> yeah. I wonder <laughs> if they had treadmills in their band practice. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well see that's that's one one point of conversation I, I got a little context i want to add in a second but one observation that, that we talked about on the way home you know a lot of bands that start out with horns as a prominent element over time evolve to where the horns are less prominent yeah. and at that point those guys still got to find something to do <laughs> so for the urge uh one of them also played keys a little bit here and there and did some background vocals here and there and then both of them just spent the rest of the time running around being extra hype men which as yes. if they needed a hype man because Steve Ewing, the front man of the band, is is his own hype man. And, yeah. <laughs> and for context for people outside of St. Louis, which I presume is most of our listenership, if you're not familiar with The Urge, uh, again, they've been around for 30 some years or so. Um, Steve Ewing, the front man of the band, is now not only, I would say, 
rock royalty for that reason. But he also owns multiple businesses that are incredibly St. Louis oriented, uh, yeah. including Steve's Hot Dogs, which is now a very popular um, and well liked uh, hot dog stand downtown. And so, yeah, the man is he wasn't, Yeah, if he wasn't already a local legend among the rock community, now he's spreading his wings and becoming just a local legend, period. That's right. Yeah. Making them fancy hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and shout out to our our boys in Patio Slave. Uh, they were super jealous that we attended attended this show, and we said that uh, anytime you feel like hanging around Thanksgiving in St. Louis uh, to see some urge, you should uh, hit us up. As you should be super jealous, but we are also jealous that you actually got to talk to Steve. So <laughs> still working on that. Is out. We we're still working on that. <laughs> It was just amazing. I love seeing them in the small venue. And, you know, I said this throughout the rest of the night is that we keep saying this about bands that have been around for 20 plus years that you're just you always kind of almost always leave a concert like just wishing that they had played other songs or, you know, maybe (laughs) wanted to hear that other song. I didn't feel that way leaving this urge show. I felt that they had they played every single song I wanted to hear. And even like towards the end of the show, I'm like, all right. They got these songs to play. And sure enough, those were the songs that they played. Like it was, I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, they still got jump right in. They still got, it's getting hectic and boom, boom, boom. That was yep. it. Yeah. Like they even played like a- B-sides. Like I go home. Like I was so excited to hear that one. That was my favorite. Yeah. And Steve even said, this is, this is my favorite y'all. And then, and then start oh. busting out. I go home. <laughs> uh, there's So I, I took notes of these because I take notes all throughout shows. There was three different songs where Steve got particularly excited about the song he was about to play and like, like verbally. So one of them was I go home and yeah, right before he's, they, they started to play. He's, you can see him just getting excited. He's like, Oh, it's one of my all time favorites. y'all. And it's one of my all time favorites too. Can I guess the other one? Was, can you guess the other two? Well, go for it. one of them was closer because I, if I remember correctly, because I, we have like the same taste in their songs, apparently was I right. <laughs> or was he, closer? what he said about closer, he said something. I think he called out the ladies in the audience or something oh, for closer yeah. because closer is just love wrong. song. Yeah. yeah. But there were okay. two other songs where he, he was like, this is my jam. Um, <laughs> I'll give you another chance to guess if you want, or, or just move that on. was, that All was right. my only guess. I thought <laughs> one of them was divide and conquer. And the other, another one was a, a song. And I can't remember if this is the name of it or if it's just a line in it, but it's, I called it. How does it feel? Uh, they did. Oh man. I got so excited when they he was like, how many of y'all like bad brains? Yeah. And uh, their cover of Gene Machine. I don't even listen to bad brains, but I've always loved the urge's cover of Gene Machine. And this I the first time I can recall hearing it live. Maybe it happened. and It's just been a while and I forgot. But I was super hyped that that happened. (laughs) Yeah, it was a great set list. Like I like I said, there wasn't I didn't walk away feeling like I missed out on any particular song. Yeah. And we have to make reference to this. So Steve wore a, he, he had a shirt on under, but then he, he wore this vest. And at some point in the show, sleeveless the end, vest because he's over sleeve- 50 and jacked. Yes. And a bodybuilder. He was showing the guns. Yeah. He was showing <laughs> the guns the whole time. I forgot to mention Steve Ewing, also a bodybuilder. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yes. I don't know how the man has time to do anything, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> but he does everything apparently. Uh, yeah. But he, so he's, he's jacked. He's got a sleeveless, sleeveless vest, uh, nice, nice shiny ensemble. And he's, he's got the, you know, Cardinal hat on or whatever he had. There's a, th- a three, one, four hat because oh, that, okay. in case anybody forgot that they were from St. Louis. had <laughs> 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 to have the area code repping. Yes. So at some point, he takes off the vest and underneath that he has a venture shirt on. And so for those not in the area, venture was a, a local chain of stores, kind of like Kmart. I I guess they got bought out by Kmart or something, but uh, yeah, they, uh, that was a major throwback for anybody (laughs) from the area to see someone with a venture t-shirt. I, I, did a shirt alert for the f- first time in a while for this one, and Steve won the shirt alert. <laughs> when he pulled off the vest and had a venture on it, he's like, you did not even do that right now. 
<laughs> yeah, dude, I was thinking as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, the only way they could get better is if like the dude next to him had a grandpa pigeon shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be choice. So choice. <laughs> there were yeah. some good shirts out there. There was there. First of all, there was a lot of different urge shirts. So you can tell a lot of people that have been fans for a long time and had different eras of their merch. Um, there was a couple 311 shirts. There was a Ben Folds Live, specifically Ben Folds Live, that album, uh, which is pretty cool. There was a guy with a Chippendale Rescue Rangers shirt, which <laughs> more power. Like <laughs> a guy with a, a Finkel jersey from uh, yes. Ace Ventura. From Ace Ventura, yes. And honestly, in my opinion, Steve actually won on two counts because they also... Steve's hot dog sells t-shirts that are like um, send ups of famous album covers. Yes. And one of them, one of them had a Steve's hot dog Nirvana shirt. And on the back, it says smells like grilled onions. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> that made me laugh. So the one he was wearing and the one he was selling both top quality. Yeah. One of my favorite urge shirts that they were selling was the one that looked like the emo's pizza logo. Yes. yes, it's like the devil holding the pizza, but it's not actually pizza. I think it's actually hot dogs on a on a tray or something like that. Or sausage. <laughs> it was a Steve's hot dog. Was, yeah. I think it was a Steve's hot dog and the urge. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't quote me on that, but it was. I think it was tied together. But yeah, the the other uh, it wasn't so much a shirt as it was a costume. There was there was two oh. young kids, two young kids that that had uh, a pickle costume. And uh, so yeah, what's was, the pickle thing? This ha- this seems uh, to be a thing. It's it's from the uh, the going the going to the liquor store. Uh, oh, that's uh, right. Song. Yeah, because I got to go inside and get my pickle. Yeah, go inside and get my pickle. That's right. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, during that song, there was there was inflatable pickles floating around yes, all over the crowd. And I was like, was. "What's with the pickles? Why is this happening?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then everybody the noticed the little. Everybody noticed the little kids yeah. dressed as pickles and like we're like everybody's freaking out like, oh, what's everybody looking at? Like, oh, it's just the little kids dressed as pickles up there in the balcony. <laughs> Parent of the year award. Dress your kids as pickles and take them to the urge show <laughs> and then make them jump around during that song. They were feeling it. They were. I don't think they had to make them do anything. I'm pretty sure they were just feeling it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so. You know they're getting ready to pretty much close out the show, and so Steve, Steve, uh, stage dives, does some crowd surfing. You know during it's getting hectic, and then so he he goes out and he he props himself up on one of the the bar the bars pretty much right next to where we were, and and then he finished getting hectic with the crowd. So, uh, <laughs> and yeah, then they actually he, played one love right before it's getting hectic, which was amazing. Uh, you know, they do such a great job of cover songs mm-hmm. and that's, that's no exception. Yeah. And then he, he had the crowd surf him back to the stage and did like some kind of roll, like yeah, ninja, him. ninja roll, <laughs> ninja rolled from the crowd back onto the stage. Just, <laughs> Just that was one of the most impressive. Like, didn't he also somersault on the stage too? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. Like, did, yeah. The dude's got all kinds of energy and tons and tons of uh, strength, uh, and he's just in shape. Like, I, I hope to be uh, that healthy when I'm next year. Honestly, like, just we're just gonna go next year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> next I hope to be that be, healthy at some well point young. in my life. Some point in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but hit that gym up because that's what that boy does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, that was worthwhile. We, I, I, I'm that. I'm glad that was chronologically the final show that we saw because it was clearly the main event of all of them and and absolutely worth our time. We just yes. like the rest of St. Louis. We love the urge. Yeah, they always put on a great show, uh, and and seeing them in a small venue like that was just awesome. It was packed too it was really packed but i'm i'm glad you know i i i wouldn't mind seeing them at maybe like the factory next time uh so yeah that way I, I, it's not so crowded but you know yeah you know, it was still a lot of fun and an even bigger stage that they can run around yeah exactly <laughs> then they won't be knocking people out with bases and you know, trombones and 
saxophones and <laughs> <laughs> yep so thank you very much for listening to our concert roundup i appreciate you listening and hopefully you get to enjoy one of these great shows that we saw if you did let us know what you thought so thank you very much for listening to the itch podcast my name is dan i'm casey and i'm aaron and until next time play that motherfucking urge shit if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. P-M-F-T-U-S. It's the longest <laughs> acronym. <laughs> yeah. It's like Pimpfus. Pimpfus? <laughs> funny that it actually like caught on. <laughs> what does this Pimpfus mean? Pimpfus. <laughs> 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 That's great.